0: Welcome to Table Radio, Season 4, as we continue our series on the Nicene Creed, Revealed, the Mystery of God. This sermon was preached by Andy Withrow on Sunday, October 29th. Once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away. So he said to his mother, I am running away. If you run away, said his mother... I will run after you, for you are my little bunny. Well, if you run after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in a trout stream, and I will swim away from you. If you become a fish in a trout stream, said his mother, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish for you. If you become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock on the mountain high above you. Well, if you become a rock on the mountain high above me, said his mother, I will be a mountain climber, and I will climb to where you are. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will be a crocus in a hidden garden. Well, if you become a crocus in a hidden garden, said his mother, I will be a gardener, and I will find you. If you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, said his mother, I will be a tree that you come home to. If you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will become a little sailboat and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, said his mother, I will become the wind and blow you where I want you to go. If you become the wind and blow me where you want me to go, said the little bunny, I will join a circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you go flying on a flying trapeze, said his mother, I will be a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the bunny, I will become a little boy and run into a house. If you become a little boy and run into a house, said the mother bunny, I will become your mother and catch you in my arms and hug you. Shucks, said the little bunny. Might as well just stay where I am and be your little bunny. And so he did. Have a carrot, said the mother bunny. That's the end. In the Psalms that uh, were just read, Psalm 117, in its entirety, says this. Psalms are songs from the Bible, songs about God. Praise the Lord, all nations. Honor him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. That's the whole psalm. That's a whole psalm. Great is his steadfast love towards us, his chesed in the Hebrew which could be variously translated, great is his loyalty, his commitment to us, toward us. Great is his faithfulness towards us. Great is God's goodness towards us. Great is God's kindness towards us. What is the nature of that chesed, that loving kindness that the psalmist, the songwriter talks about? What does it look like? As we read through the Bible, epic story unveils exactly what this said looks like. God might be compared in some ways to the story of the runaway bunny. Because in the Bible, we read of a God who pursues us and pursues us and pursues us relentlessly. He goes after us, you and me. So here, we're in the middle of our series, Revealed, the mystery of God. We're looking at the Nicene Creed. It's a statement of belief derived from reading the whole story of the Bible about who God is. So we've already explored, in case you missed it, the God who is not at all like us. The God who exists outside of time and space, is uncreated, has no beginning, is not of the same kind of stuff as us. And now we get to the line, this week, the second person, Jesus, the Son, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. That's right, in the story, we read about how in human history, that God, who is not like us and not a part of the created world, pursues us into the created world. And I say it in that way because it's quite spectacular when you step back and think about it. That God who created us and is not bound, nor does he exist as part of the created world, would come into the world, become a part of creation itself in order to pursue runaway humanity. Have you ever thought about the fact that God has a birthday, but God still existed before his birthday. That's kind of what John 1 gets at in all his kind of gymnastics of his language. We read in the Gospels, about three quarters of the way through the Bible, that God, who was never created, has no beginning, loved the world so much that he came into the world. He entered into it. And this happened in history, in our history, the same timeline that we find ourselves on. There's actually a day that is the birthday of God with us, whom we call Jesus. It probably isn't December 25th, right? We don't know the exact day, but there was a day that God entered into human history, entered and became a part of the created world. It's the kind of stuff that blows your mind when you stop to think about it for too long. And the Bible tells us that his motivation is love. Like the mother bunny in our cozy bedtime story, God pursues us. He is loyally loving and faithfully good to us. He does not stay above the darkness. If you look around and read the news and experience life, there's plenty of darkness, isn't there? He doesn't stay above the mess. He doesn't stay above the evil and the horror. Such is his love for the world and for us that he comes in. He enters into it. The historical element, the historical piece of this challenges some of our modern assumptions about religious beliefs. The idea that God became human in order to be with us, to love us, to show us what is true and to rescue us to give us a way of life forward means that what we believe is quite important. It's not just an optional nice thing to believe in if it works for you, like Santa Claus or affordable housing. The Bible presents this as something that actually happened. And there are consequences. It matters in how we respond. To this God who pursues. Does that make sense? Like in our bedtime story, the little bunny came to a conclusion based on the determined pursuit of the mother bunny. Well, shoot, might as well just stay here. We too must come to terms with the claim that God has pursued us and is right now, in this moment, pursuing each one of us here in Jesus. Now, this counters a different story or a different belief that it doesn't matter what we believe so long as we believe it sincerely. Sincerity is often what counts. It's also safe, it protects us from challenging or being challenged by others' beliefs. It doesn't matter. Choose your own adventure believe it, to each their own. But the claim of this God won't stand for that. I have come, says this God. I entered into creation. I entered into space and time for you, says God, your creator. And in this particular way, the Bible supposes spirituality to be like our material experience. Us wanting something to be true does not make it true. We've, most of us have figured that out about life at this point. Rather, we are called to align our minds and our bodies with what is true, whether we believe it or not. It's the same with spirituality. And the runaway bunny overlaps with another aspect of the gospel story in the Bible. In that, we are all runaways. John 1, verse 5, speaking of Jesus coming as God, becoming human. John says this, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness, John speaks of, is our own ignorance. We don't know what's what when it comes to spiritual matters. We're in the dark. He says, all of humanity doesn't get it. We're all on the same playing field as far as that goes. We can't see. We don't understand. We get lost. We don't know up from down. God's desire was to bring light into that darkness, to reveal what is true about spiritual things. Who is God? Who are we? Why are we here? What are we for? What is creation for? As we read through the life of Jesus in the Bible, he reveals all of these things for us. And without a guide, we are lost because of our own hearts. That is our own inner desires, our wirings, our inclinations. They become our spiritual compasses. And we just follow that. And it tries to tell us who we are and what we're for and how to live. But our inner compass is unreliable. It doesn't work. It's broken. It gets us into trouble all of the time. So when we think about God entering into creation, what actually happened? Let's talk about the nuts and bolts of all of this. We're talking about something we call, or the Nicene Creed calls, incarnation. Incarnate just means to embody in flesh. John 1 puts it this way. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything made that was made. It was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the word, this word that was with God, this word that was God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. So this word who was God and was also with God, can't get into that now. Josh explained all this in detail. The last sermon, one plus one equals one. Go back and listen to it soon. Anyway, this was 100% God who became 100% human. But was still 100% God, okay? Isaiah called him God with us. Tertullian, an early Christian thinker, put it this way, Christ came in the body. Christ died in the body, was resurrected in the body, and ascended in the body to heaven. Even though Jesus died and was resurrected and then ascended into heaven and is with the Father, Jesus is still 100% human right now, as far as I understand it, and still 100% God. So all of this, the incarnation, it dignifies the body, doesn't it? If you thought heaven was non-body, Space, non body oriented, no earth or created reality, just floating spirits. This is not the biblical version of heaven that the Bible speaks of. In the incarnation, God doubles down on the goodness of stuff, created things. He's all in, just like Mama Bunny. He still believes the creation is good, just like he did way back in Genesis 1. Still good and good enough. I'm not giving up on it. In fact, I'm going to enter into it and I'm going to rescue it, redeem it, restore it. I'm not going to scrap it. It's not going to the junkyard. And if you had your doubts, the incarnation should make them immaterial. God is committed to the created world the created order, and the human body. The work you do in the body and the life you live in the body is spiritual. Think of Mary. The church has traditionally held up Mary, it's Jesus' mother, as an image of the body being dignified in its work. In this case, she carried God with us in her womb for nine months. The Holy Spirit having conceived Jesus. And this becomes the work of the church collectively, of which every Christian is a part. To bear God, like Mary did, to bear God together in the world. In our bodies, through the work of our hands, through the words formed by our lips. This should give us pause in our modern age where we experience a tendency and maybe a temptation to try to escape our bodies. The limits they put on us. To escape the barriers our bodies seemingly put on our life. To see our bodies as prisons hindering us from a truly spiritual life or a truly good life and desirable life. Ugh. If only I didn't have this old body to contend with. If only I wasn't confined by the time I am given or the space or the location that I find myself in. But according to the Bible, according to the gospel, according to God, all of these are good things and essential for our spirituality. The great irony in all of this is that while many of us might be eager to be free of the confines of the body, The confines of our time and location we find ourselves in. God chose to become a body in time and space. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen its glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The runaway bunny had to come to terms with the truth of his mother's love for him, her grace that would pursue him into any situation. John revealed, John 1 reveals that this also is our God. This is the nature of the creator of all creation, of all humanity, that he pursues us. He is the God who is there whether you ever give him another thought or not. His reality and existence and pursuit is not dependent on you. Thank God. It's not dependent on me. Such is the nature of a loving parent with his children. The incarnation is an invitation to take history, creation, and our bodies seriously. And to receive them as gift. God has invested in them not only in the act of creation, but He has now partaken in them in the incarnation of Jesus the Son. So this fleshly, clumsy stuff that we all have by design is part of our spirituality. It's good. It's part of the means by which we draw near to God. He designed it that way. It is part of our discipleship, how we follow Jesus, the one who brings light to our darkness. So have a carrot. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for the gift. Since Genesis 1, the very beginning, that you called this stuff good. And Lord, even when the darkness came, and even now as the darkness seems to reign at times, we give you thanks that you did not give up on it. You do not give up on us, but you love us and pursue us. Would you give us an imagination? we reflect on these things, would you let this truth take root in our hearts and minds and imagination, Lord, that we might learn how to to know you and to love you in our bodies, with our minds and with our bodies, and to celebrate that and to receive that as a gift. We love you and thank you, in Jesus' name. We're listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, B.C. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Coco Relieve, Michaela Galbraith, and the Table Worship Community. To learn more, please go to tablechurch.ca.